HubSpot users go for the latest product updates, inbound strategies, and pretty much all things orange. This episode of the Hubcast is brought to you by ReachForce. ReachForce has tools for verifying, standardizing, and enriching company and contact data so you can worry about your campaigns, not about your data. Visit reachforce.com slash hubcast to learn more. to the Hubcast. It's your host, Karina Duffy, and I am joined by a special guest, a blast from the past, if you will. Blast from the past. A blast from the cast past. So, so I used to have a nickname. Zachy B was up on the MIC on the Hubcast. Oh. And it's been a while, y'all. Zachy B is in the house. Zach, thanks for joining me today. I'm so glad to be here. Episode 209? Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot of eps. We've been That's... doing a lot of eps down here. We've been doing a lot of hub spotting. So, Zach, what's what's going on with you like in the last 50 episodes that we've missed you for? What have you been doing? What's on your mind? You know, not much, not much. No, that's not true. Um, we've been doing a lot of really cool stuff at Impact. Uh, we've been really geeking out over video for sales. So I've been working with a lot of sales teams on their video strategies, things like that. And it's just exciting going into 2019. There's so much new things happening with video. Uh, it really seems like more companies are adopting it. And so, yeah, it's fun stuff. It is fun stuff. You've been, you've been doing some cool stuff. How would you say, I feel like our, our listeners are going to be curious how would you say your role and what you've been up to has kind of shifted since the TSL impact merger? Oh my gosh. Or give uh, me at least the highlights. Yeah. I mean, uh, I really never saw myself as a speaker. Right. And, uh, I was always just focused on being a really great video consultant. And over the past year, I've had the, the immense pleasure of speaking at a lot of conferences, teaching a lot of new workshops, totally different workshops than we were teaching at the Sales Lion. And that has just allowed me to uh, just become better at working with companies and, and seeing what really works. Because you read a lot of stuff out there on the internet about what works. Mm -hmm. But when you actually start applying some of these things, you really learn what truly works. And I think that's the most exciting thing about speaking, about working with clients in that, in that manner. That's amazing. Yeah. That's dope. So you're in the impact office this week. We are, we are recording in the same room, which I don't think I've actually ever done when I, when recording an episode of the Hubcast. So what are you up to this week in the impact office? We are just no good. We're up to no good <laughs> this week. All shenanigans, just recording a lot of videos and that's always fun. I like working with, people on camera. It's just, I don't know, it's the creative side of me. And I feel like that's the best part of my job is being able to actually see the entire video strategy out from concepting to actually shooting stuff. So that's fun. We're gonna be doing that all week. We should have a ton of new bio videos, which is really exciting. And some other stuff too for the sales team. So that's cool. Awesome. More to come on that. Let's jump in to our property of the week. 
We're continuing our sales properties series with last contacted. So this one is fairly simple, but I actually find that it can be a little bit confusing if you haven't actually looked at what exactly it is. So the HubSpot definition is the last time a call, sales email, or meeting was done with a contact. It's set automatically by HubSpot based on the latest date of the activities in the record. For example, the last contacted property in the record will show yesterday's date when a user logs a call that occurred the day before. So what you're gonna wanna use this property for is for your sales team. Like this is for sales. It's gonna matter to salespeople. Um, it's a great property for them to track on individual contacts. Many sales teams are gonna use this as a filter to see things like dormant contacts who they've worked before but maybe haven't talked to or engaged with in a while. Um, you can set up really nice filters to determine who maybe you might wanna enroll in something like a re-engagement sequence. So the last time they've been contacted was six months ago but they were a really hot prospect back then and they went dormant. Maybe you wanna enroll, enroll them in a re-engagement sequence. But something to keep in mind is this is for sales activities. So a sales call, an email, or a meeting that was logged on the contact record. So it's not gonna count things like marketing emails or, or anything like that. So this is a true kind of sales property and you wanna make sure that if you're using that, it's not gonna be they've been contacted in general via HubSpot, but it's gonna be those three things, a call, an email, or a meeting through the sales tools. That's something that I've seen people get tripped up on because they think that it includes marketing emails. It does not. So they haven't completely not heard from the company. Potentially. Potentially. But that's the last time they talked to somebody in sales. Yeah, and had some kind of sales activity associated with them. So you could essentially, I'm just like thinking of ideas you'd actually use this. So you can make a list of maybe people who haven't been followed up with in like, 60 days and maybe re-engage them with like let's say a one-to-one -one video perhaps oh that so that's like how a you great use idea. this exactly okay yeah i think the biggest use case for this and the biggest one that i've seen is to look at like dormant contacts who have maybe reached out initially or had an initial sales conversation but i've never moved forward we could filter out people who you know are in maybe the dormant deal stage and then by the last contacted date and kind of target those people for some of our sales sequences. Um, so very useful for the sales team. Um, potentially also useful for marketing campaigns if you wanna make sure that the people that you're contacting um, in marketing, if you wanna make sure you're sending a marketing email to the right people and not people that are being worked by sales, then you could use this date to say if their last contact, the date is either unknown or before a certain date, then maybe it's okay to send them this marketing campaign. Ah, that's pretty smart. Yeah, so I'm a fan. I think that's probably where we're gonna wrap up our sales properties series. We're gonna move on to some other good juicy contact properties here. But thanks for tuning in. And if you missed the rest of the sales property series, you can check out the last couple of episodes for more of those. So Zach, 
I want to know what's on your mind these days. We usually do what's on Marcus's mind, but Marcus ditched me this week. So oh. I want to know what's on your mind. Oh, there's always things on my mind. Um, <clears throat> I think rolling into 2019, there's something, there's something that we've been working on for the past year, really perfecting it and uh, rolling it out with clients. And that is a concept called the 80% video. And the reason it's called the 80% video and, and the real thing that it solves is that if you were to go to most sales organizations and ask them, and I do this exercise a lot, it's kind of funny, it always turns out the same, and ask them out of all the questions that you're asked in the first sales appointment, the very first sales appointment, what percentage of those questions are the same every single time? The average is about 80%. So the question is, if we know what these questions are, why are we waiting until the first sales appointment to answer those? How much more powerful would it be if we could shorten the sales cycle by answering those questions up front, but also allowing that prospect to see and, and hear and know us. And so uh, generally speaking, this 80% video, you are answering the top seven questions that you typically get on the first sales appointment. And it's really interesting to see the results of this so far. Uh, because like I said, it's solving for two things. It's shortening that sales cycle and it's, a, it's allowing you a sense of familiarity with the salesperson. And if you do it really well, literally every salesperson has this video. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not them in the video, it's not the same. They're, they don't see, hear, and know the person they're going to talk to. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that we, uh, that we executed at Impact. Actually, we learned something pretty fascinating about it, and, which is that we had done it wrong the first time. And we, we learned a major lesson, which was that we made what we thought were, was going to be an initial, um, initial contact 80% video. Instead, we ended up making product-specific 80% videos. So in other words, we would make a video that's like, oh, you're interested in web design. Well, here's the top seven questions, and we would answer those. But it wasn't the first sales appointment 80% video. Like, if we were to do, do it well, which we're actually, funny enough, redoing it this week, what we should have done was gone to the sales team and said, what are the top seven questions in general that you are getting on your first sales appointment? Uh, that's a lesson we learned. That's something that obviously I'm passing along to you, loyal Hubcast listeners, which is if you're going to do this well, get with your sales team, ask them what are the top seven questions that you're getting every single time. And then follow it up with what would happen if we address those before the first sales appointment. It's immediately going to help them understand the vision of this. It's going to help you do it really well. And if you're sending that before that first sales appointment, it's going to shorten your sales cycle and build more trust with the salesperson. Mm. That's what's on my mind. I love it. And if you're an individual salesperson listening to this, I would say even if you don't have like all of the buy-in from your organization or you don't have a videographer, you could essentially create these with a one-to-one -one video that you send to your prospects when they initially contact you. You know, this is something that is great if it can be produced, but if you're like a one-man band out there that doesn't have that, you can still go for it. You can still create this stuff. Yeah. There's nothing standing in your way. The, the technology to make, videos is more accessible and 
uh, easy to use than ever. Like you said, using Go Video or Soapbox, you could record this literally this afternoon after you're finished listening to this podcast and start sending it tomorrow. Like the only thing standing your way is just recording it. Mm. I love it. Speaking of some things that could be standing in your way, if you have data that is dirty, you got to check out ReachForce. So I'm going to tell you guys about ReachForce. They're this episode sponsor and they help B2B businesses break the cycle of dirty data. So if you've ever tried to run a campaign around an account or company data, but realize that the data either just isn't there or it's not normalized across all of your companies and you realize you can't send to the segment of people that you really want to, ReachForce has tools for verifying, for standardizing, enriching your company and contact data. So you can worry about your campaign, not your data. And if you're concerned about that word enriching, which I feel like a lot of people typically get weird about enriching, what they're doing is mostly around companies. So this is really truly a B2B tool that pulls company data. So it's not pulling like individuals' personal data in any way, um, but they can pull all kinds of company data. They're GDPR compliant. I really grilled them on this because I wanted to make sure. Um, and they have information on their website as well that outlines exactly how they get all of this data. But what they do is they have a super simple HubSpot integration. Um, it's, you can set it up in minutes and it's immediately going to be able to pull all of your contact and company data in, enrich it, help you standardize it and verify it, and then push it back into HubSpot. So you can really do segmentation, especially on that company level that you want to do. So if you're interested, visit reachforce.com slash hubcast. You can start a 30-day free trial of their smart forms account enrichment tool and learn more about what it is that these guys do. Remember, break the cycle of dirty data. That's what you need to know. All right, I got a HubSpot wish list item here. Uh-oh. This one is uh, another practical one. Literally just this week I encountered and was thinking about I'll be the judge of that if it's practical. Okay. You let me know, Zach. It's workflow error notification. So Bella Wu is on the product team. This got transferred over from an older idea. It's got a decent amount of upvotes, but doesn't seem like there's been movement on it yet. This is to receive a notification for whenever one of our workflows encounters an error. So it would avoid missing leads in real time due to undetected errors, like enrollment errors or if-then branch errors or if you change contact properties or things like that. There's all kinds of errors that can get tripped. And if you go into an individual workflow, HubSpot will give you this little alert that tells you that there's a problem, but it will never like email you. Or it's, you have to go into that individual workflow to find yes. that out. Okay. So it would be awesome. First thing, that's legit. Thank you. Second of all, how is that not already a thing? Like we're just talking about a basic push notification that would just tell you, yes. hey, this, this thing is not firing correctly. Yes, this is why we need all of our Hubcast listeners to go to the show notes, hey, go to the link, up. vote it up. I'm going to go vote that up. It would be super nice because sometimes you go in there and you realize like somebody else in my organization messed with this contact property, this deal property. And this hasn't been firing right, Screwed and I had up. no way of knowing. 
nice suggestion until something terrible happens yeah so that would be absolutely amazing but a couple things that they actually have updated in the last week or so the developer forums are joining the hubspot community on january 29th all this really means is that they're taking the developer forum which is integrate.hubspot.com and they're merging it into the community.hubspot.com okay what i see with this is they did this with ideas.hubspot.com like a year or more ago um, they're basically just kind of bringing together the entire HubSpot user community. Whether Why it's were the they devs. separate? I think it just started as like, we need a developer forum. And so we're going to okay. create a developer forum and we need a product ideas forum and we need a community forum for people to ask questions. So do you think it, it's it's beneficial now to, to bring all these forums together in one place? I think so. It's, it's like a might as well. It might as well all be in one place. That probably makes it easier for them to kind of keep tabs on everything. Sure. And there's a lot of stuff that I feel like potentially overlaps where somebody might have a post on the, the developer forum and somebody might have an answer for that on the community forum. Yeah. Um, or there might be a HubSpot idea for that. Yeah. And so I think it makes sense to have them all together. But there's a couple things that you're going to be want, want to be aware of if you're doing things on the developer forum, if you have a profile on integrate.hubspot.com, they are going to be matching profiles. So if you had posts and, and stuff on there, on the integrate.hubspot, they're going to get transferred over and they're going to get matched to your profile. But you need to make sure you have a profile on each of those. So if you don't have a profile on community.hubspot.com, you need to make sure that you create one as soon as possible so that everything can get merged over. Otherwise you're not going to be able to go in and like edit any of your co comments or edit any of the posts so that you have in you there. So you mean that if I've been on, <clears throat> if I've been on a community one and I've, I've been leaving comments, it's possible that I didn't set up a profile for that. If you've been there and you've been leaving comments and upvoting stuff, then you have a profile have for a community. Profile. Okay. And they, they're doing it and basically matching it by email address. So you need to make sure that the email address you have for community.hubspot is the same that you have for integrate.hubspot.com. Got it. The other thing you need to be aware of is you need to have a HubSpot account. So you can't just be on integrate.hubspot.com and not have that email address associated with a HubSpot account. So if you're not, I don't know why you wouldn't be associated with a HubSpot account, like why you would be on there, but not be on a HubSpot account, but you have to be on some kind of account, whether it's a CRM or a CMS account, um, your content is going to get migrated regardless, but you're not going to be able to, again, have access to it on the back end unless you do that. So that's happening on the 29th. So you need to basically do this before the 28th and make sure that you're on top of that. Uh, you can learn a little bit more if any of that didn't make sense in the link in the show notes. Last little HubSpot update we have here. I actually find this funny. That is hilarious. Google Plus will no longer be supported in the social tool on January 28th. Oh no, said no one. Yeah, Zach. I didn't even realize that was still up. Yeah, when Google was the Plus last time up? you were on Google Plus? I never had a Google Plus profile until they forced me to make one. 
I remember when that happened, the internet was in an uproar at that point. Yeah. And then I, I didn't even realize Google Plus was even still available. So it currently is, but it's not going to be very soon. Oh, okay. Google is actually getting rid of it. Oh, and so HubSpot yeah. is basically just sweep it under the rug. Yeah, like it never happened. Yeah, exactly. I recently was onboarding a client to HubSpot, and one of their setup tasks was to add all of their connect all of their social accounts. And they emailed me, and they were like, "Um, we set up everything, but we don't have a Google Plus account. Should we be creating one?" <laughs> and I sent them back an email and was like, "No, yeah. don't create one. Please don't." So that's going to be going away. If you know what, if any of you guys are actively using Google Plus, I want to know. You know where to find me, cduffy at impactbnd.com. I would love to like know if there's any like niche communities that are using this super actively because I just really haven't found any. But on January 28th, you're not going to be able to uh, publish or use the Google Plus uh, social tool in HubSpot. So your reporting on published post is going to stick around until March 1st if you're using that. Um, but again, Google is basically deprecating the entire tool. Um, so you're going to see the pop-up banner in HubSpot. But, you know, I just can't believe that they're doing this to us, Zach. Can you imagine being on the Google Plus team at Google and you just like put all your blood, sweat, and tears into creating the social platform. It was really hyped up when it first came out. And now it's just like, it's, it's the thing no one wants. It's just a complete yeah, it's failure. It's the redheaded stepchild of Google. I mean, I hope that those people moved on to more exciting projects and were just fired. Because it was a did. good idea. The execution was pretty, pretty terrible. Google actually has a lot of different things that they've tried and failed, which I really respect them yeah, for. Yeah, that's, that's admirable. They just put themselves out there. They do all kinds of stuff, and like 50% of it, or maybe even more, totally fails. But the stuff that doesn't has taken over the world, and now they're Skynet. So That's, that's how you innovate. So RIP, Google+, there's our moment of silence for that. <laughs> And I'm going to wrap this up here. Hey, if you're interested in being a sponsor of the Hubcast, if you have um, a product that's specific to the HubSpot audience, or if you're looking to get in front of HubSpot users, hit me up at cduffy at impactbnd.com. If you're listening on iTunes, head on over, leave us a review, leave us some love in the comments of the show notes. We love hearing from you. I'd love to hear of, you know, what you think about Zach in general and, you know, if you want to hear more of him and his voice on the Hubcast. Oh, I actually, just a little teaser for the Hubcast community. Oh, let's go. Here we go. You heard if, it here first. If y'all are not familiar with the Film School for Marketers community, you should be. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on our private Facebook group. There's a lot of really cool things happening in there, but... Y'all are the first to hear that there's a very, very special new podcast, the Film School for Marketers podcast, which will be launching the first week of February. Myself and the lovely Mariah Anderson, who is a client service, client success specialist here at Impact. She's amazing. She sent more one-to-one videos than anybody I know. Yeah, that's my girl. So she's a genius. She's a super genius. Uh, and so make sure you keep your eyes uh, peeled for that because we'd love to welcome many of the cast listeners over into the Film School for Marketers podcast community. I love it. 
I cannot wait for that. I'm super excited. Zach and Mariah are a absolute dream team. Well, hey, Zach, thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate you. Pleasure being here. It was uh, it was a bit nostalgic. It it's also this show has changed so much. It's it's, it's great. It's great. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. It's been it's been a wild time working together into many more great Hubcast episodes together. You know who it is. This is Karina Duffy and Zachy B, Zach Basner in the house. Sandy, you get out there and do some happy hub spotting.